to etc. etc. with young Southpaw. That's moi. Me, if you ain't got your French tongue on. This is episode number 11, which pleases me very much as the Hanoi Rocks tune, 11th Street Kids, came up during this interview. That was my first favorite Hanoi tune, man, when I first got those reissues, you know, when Axel put them out, you know, back in the late 80s. Axel Rose. I mean, I guess you could probably guess that. I mean, I, I can't name any other Axel. That would be crazy if, like, multiple people named Axel were reissuing those early Hanoi records. I mean, woo! I mean, as they should, you know? I mean, everybody should know those albums. They're great. Today's guests are Matt and Marrow from The Speedways, a UK band that I discovered this year. Very catchy tunes, man, in that rock and roll way that I dig, you know? Like Hanoi Rocks and, and the Ramones, and uh, I hear a bit of the replacements in there as well. Their new album, Radio Sounds, just came out, so let's get to it. All right, we're here today with the Speedways. We got Matt and Morrow. How you doing today, guys? We're doing all right. Well, I'm doing all right. I don't know about Matt. I can't speak for both of us. Yeah, I'm okay. Cool. Handling the uh, these crazy times all right? Kind of got used to it, you know. Kind of got used to it. But the new record just came out, right? Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday? Wow. Yeah. This yesterday. is of the essence. So we're right on time. It's a, strange, it's a strange time to be releasing a record, isn't it? It's going to be going to look back. There's going to be not a lot of bands who released albums, I think, in, in, this, in, in this particular year, you know? But we'll be one of them. Yeah. Get a jump on up the charts. Yeah. <laughs> it should be less composition. <laughs> so before we get to the new record. I wanted to ask you, the name, The Speedways, does that come from the Morrissey song, the last one on Vauxhall and I? It certainly does, yes. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that tune, man. But the thing is, like I've spent, I've lost entire days to just crying alone in my room to that tune. I know plenty of people who have, you know? Yeah. But like your music doesn't make me want to cry alone in my room. I think that's a good thing because I mean, who, who wants to be crying alone in their room? No, it is. It is. It's from the Morrissey song. Yeah, that's where the name came from. I love that tune, man. Yeah, me too, man. I love that album. It's a great album. Yeah. There's certainly, uh, you know, some moments I, I might feel like crying alone tomorrow and listening to the record. You know, it comes and goes. This, the, some yeah, bits I do, some bits I definitely don't. Crying, crying while you're rocking out, you know? Yeah. You can't play a gig if you're crying alone in your room. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> no, I, I, got, I got a general, you know, positive feeling from the whole album in that, you know, I would want to, it's something I could drive around to and feel good. Listen to. It's definitely a bit of both, I think. It's kind of, it's kind of driving music, I guess. I can't drive, but I guess it is. And it's, and it's sad music too, you know? The funny thing, no one in the band can drive. There's a lot of bands, four of us, who are all um, just, you know, you can't put us behind a wheel. But um, I think the album would sound good in the car, but I don't know if anyone's actually ever listened to it in a car. But we, we need to do that yes. somehow. Seems like a good time. So tell me how the band came together. Matt can well, do this one. Okay. Okay, so the first Speedways album, I kind of made it on my own and Mauro offered me a gig in London. And so I asked Mauro joined the band and then Chris joined the band and Adrian joined the band just to do a one-off show. 
okay? And then we got asked to do some more shows and play some more shows. And so I wrote some more songs and we all got together and played some, and I made another album. And that's kind of, that's kind of pretty much, <laughs> and we went to Spain as well. Nice. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the one show thing kind of went out of the window pretty quick. It did, yeah, thought, straight away, yeah. Well, it sounds quite good, really. We should probably do some more shows. What the hell, you know? Yeah. Let's do them. Yeah, the, the new record has a much more band feel than it does, the first yeah, totally. It does. Yeah, it's got more energy. The first record was just Matt, really, you know, and a, and a drummer, you know? Yeah, it didn't really... It wasn't going to be anything more than that. It was just going to be just some songs to record and my friends to listen to. And then we just enjoyed it so much. We just decided to keep going and we got off at some gigs. And, you know, that's how it happened, really. It's just been really cool. It's a really good band, you know. It's a genuinely really good band. It's like four really good musicians who play really well together and sing well together and write well together and rehearse. It's just great, yeah. Also, tell me about making the new record. Yeah, that was done in stages too, really, because we don't really have much time, really, you know, so we did it. We recorded the drums separately, and then we, and then me, Adrian Amaro went and recorded with a guy called Jazz, who's an old friend of Mara's. And we, we just, you know, just did it really quickly, didn't we, you know? Yeah, basically, yeah, came together. Jazz is pretty easy to work with. I, I knew him, like, like Matt said, I know him from before, so we've got quite a good working relationship. So it's, everything kind of flowed quite easily, you know, we kind of just settled in at his house and we kind of all kind of have this, a lot of similar reference points and we can just sort of go, oh, yeah, you mean like this? Okay, yeah, right, I'll play something that's along those lines or, you know, whatever, you know, it just basically kind of flowed really easily. And then, um, yeah, did it in two, two batches, did half the album in one batch kind of thing, half the album in the other batch. And, we uh, all record yeah. really quickly too. We all kind of first take guys really. We all just do everything very quickly, and it just that's really good to save mm. money as well. You know, time and money because you don't have a lot. You know, plus the feel of the first take usually has the best energy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's really true. Yeah, but it's but it's been great. I mean, it's been really cool. We're really pleased with the album. It's really. It's got a good, it's got a good flow to it, you know. We kind mm. of, me and Mara talked about this in Germany, that when you play a, an album, there has to be kind of light and shade in terms of the running order, and that's really important, you know. We kind of got that really. I think we nailed that. I think that works really well. Put a bit of thought into like, you know, what goes well after what, and you know, yeah, you know, not putting too many songs that were too similar or whatever together, and you know, that that, that kind of all that sort of stuff, you know. And, Actually, that intro will sound really good after this other one. You know, kind of, sometimes it's thinking a bit like a DJ, like you're doing a DJ set. You know, like, what's going to go yeah. really well after this? You know? Yeah. Let's make this one come in really quick, you know, that kind of thing. I love all yeah. that sort of stuff. Because yeah, as far as yeah, track ordering goes, like when you put out the single Kisses Are History on the Bandcamp page, number seven was the second track listed. Yeah. So like when number seven was number seven on the album, it was really satisfying to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That was no accident. <laughs> Everything else kind of had to fit around that. Actually, that was kind of the first one on first one on the team sheet. And it makes sense, you know. Now the single "Kisses Our History," the song, is this about Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was more about Vinnie Vincent. Oh, the other guys, you know. 
there are there definitely are history you know because <laughs> I, I was going to ask relating to vinnie vincent speaking of kiss history you know like when gene simmons discovered van halen he was trying to get eddie in to replace ace it was what do you think eddie's makeup would have been that's a good question that blows my mind like trying to contemplate that whoa because yeah. he wouldn't have had Vinny's arc thing. That wouldn't have fit with no. Eddie Van Halen. That's a great no. question. Would it just have been like his red and white guitar stripes on his face? Yeah, it must have been red and white, yeah. That looked quite cool, actually. It would, yeah. <laughs> That's quite a mind-blowing idea. <laughs> it keeps me awake at night. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> if you could actually see pictures, they'd probably keep you awake at night as well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Eddie's playing would have suited Kiss, would it, really? No, not at all. No. I can't. I can't imagine it. Like it seems so incomprehensible. But apparently, he and Alex played on those three demos that Gene had. He finally released them a couple of years ago on that vault thing, which cost yeah. like thousands of dollars. We played on yeah. his version of Christine Sixteen and two other oh, songs, really? yeah. which I would love to hear, but not yeah. thousands of dollars worth enough to no. hear. You know, I get. I guess no one's no one's going to get that on YouTube for long, are they? I mean, uh, the lawyers will have that taken down pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> Now, getting back to your album, Radio Sounds, first song is called This Ain't a Radio Sound. Uh-huh. How do you know you're listening to the album? <laughs> yeah, it's as well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a leap of faith. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, it's a great question, yeah. Um, we actually had the song This Ain't a Radio Sound, and then it was like, we'll call the album Radio Sounds. So it's like a kind of a psych you out yeah so we're saying we don't like <laughs> singles yeah we're never going to get played on the radio we never although obviously they are all hits singles, yeah exactly yeah. you know but that's that's like an even, even more irony to it you know what i mean because i mean if it does get played on the radio i just imagine some sort of like massive cognitive dissonance you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's probably why all these things happen 2020 that's probably what's happening there you go i mean are you guys claiming responsibility <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's roughly when, yeah, when, when we recorded that track, it started going, yeah, going it did, yeah, and wrong, didn't it, after that? Yeah. <laughs> we have to lock that song away again, back yeah. in the vault. Yeah. Be dangerous. Yeah. Now, the B-side is the cover of uh, Billy Ocean's Love Really Hurts Without You. How did, how did you guys end up doing that one? Okay, so Adrian, our bass player, he messaged me and he said, shall we do Love Really Hurts Without You? And I said, well... I love the song, but I can't sing it. It's just too high. So we had to change the key. And I think, Mara, we mentioned it in rehearsal to you as well. And you suggested Red Light Spells Danger. I think, yeah. Which is another great bit. I was holding out for Red Light Spells Danger. I was like, oh, yeah. I can imagine yeah. doing that as well. But then again, yeah. both either either would work. They're both equally either great. Good, yeah. So, um, and I think, I, I think I, in the end, it just came down to we basically kind of. Um, just managed managed to just about sneak that one you know through the gate just just as we were recording because it was like literally like yeah we, we've never about played half an hour left and yeah. uh, we've never played it in rehearsal ever and uh, wow. our drummer was like he'd done seven songs that day in that session we were like do you reckon you can do one more maybe we could squeeze one more out of you this is a song you've never played before how about recording this song you've never ever played <laughs> thankfully matt knew the chords to it which helps that's probably what sealed it over Red Light Spells Danger because Matt actually did learn Love Really Hurts Without You. So that, that was, he, well, at least one of the band yeah, knew exactly. the song. So um, 
so there, yeah, yeah, then he was like, Chris, yeah, sort of like this, and sort of, and then we went and finished it off in the studio and came out surprisingly well, considering, you know, like I say, we'd never played together, still haven't. Wow, <laughs> yeah. sounds great, you'd never know. <laughs> and that's amazing. I was gonna ask, like, uh, were, were you considering other Billy Ocean tunes? Because also, going with the name Speedways, Get Out of My Dreams and Into My Car yeah. works perfectly, too. <laughs> Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. it wasn't another Billy Ocean song. The other consideration was SOS by ABBA. Oh, that was yeah. the other song we were thinking of doing. I remember we mentioned that in rehearsal, that, which would have been great too. It's a great song. Might still happen. You know, it's nice to do a cover version that's uh, in your own style. That's not just, um, you know, too much of the obvious thing to do, I guess. Yeah, like a Ramones song, you know, which, which, which obviously we love the Ramones, but it's too, it's too obvious to just do a Ramones song. Because we're all, we're all big fans of all different kinds of music, I think. That's the good thing about this band, I think. I think that's really important, you know. Well, you could make one of those, you know, Billy Ocean ABBA cover albums that it's all the rage these days. You know? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jump on that band, right? So Empty Pages. Mm-hmm. Did you write the lyrics to that down? Because that seems like it would jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Dangerous. Tell me about that one. <laughs> it's about um, something being over. So there's nothing left to say. Wishing you could go back and do it differently. That, that kind of thing. You know? I mean, that's, that's kind of it. You know? Yeah, it's about having regrets, I think. But in, but in a nice way. It's a nice song, you know. This is the sadness we were talking about earlier. It's the sadness we were talking about earlier, yeah. It's, not, yeah. it's never too far from the surface. Office. You can mm. find it in, in all the songs, you know. Yeah. It's got to scratch away a little bit. It'll be there, you know. Came out well, though, Pages. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of my favorites. I remember me and Matt had some sort of like um, back and forth about it initially. I was like, because he'd done a demo of it, which you'll probably you'll, you'll hear if you, if you ever get a hold of the CD, actually, because the CD is going to have the demo version on it as well. It's like a mm. bonus track. But the demo, I really liked the sound of it and the sort of feel of it. It was kind of uh, just sort of, kind of haunting, sort of solo acoustic kind of thing but very sparse wasn't it matt it was really kind of like yeah. a bit of a passion yeah. but it was just matt on his own basically I thought, oh that it'd be really nice to have something like that on the album as well so i was really kind of pushing to not play on it basically and <laughs> not have the band on it matt was like no no i want i want the band on on everything and i was like okay you know all right okay you know you've got an idea in your head got to go with it mm-hmm. and um we recorded and i was like he was right he was right it came out really well you know Yes, yeah, it's, it's quite. Uh, you'll, you'll hear the demo version too, so you know, cool. best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think the band the Surge were a big influence on on the actual sound of that song. You know, it's very sixties pop kind of sound. I think, but yeah, the original demo. There's loads of original demos of that song. It's quite an old one. Like I wrote it a long time ago. You know, yeah. There's a few versions of that song knocking around. Yeah, was that the one which you had, you had like a synth on it, like a synth yeah, version yeah, of it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's about five. At some times. point, yeah. it's like the song, yeah. It's like the lyrics, water song at some point. <laughs> yeah, the, the lyrics have never changed, but the but the feel of the song changed about five times. Yeah. Oh. So that's, that's pretty cool. We'll save that for the for the vault in uh, in twenty years time. Do the yeah. whatever the kind of the the kiss uh, thousand yeah. pound version. Uh, get all the extra versions. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so the album closer. In a world without love, it's hard to stay young. I'm thinking about adopting that as my theme tune because you know, in a world without love, it's it's hard to stay young. Southpaw. 
But it is. Yeah, I, you know, you need love. Specifically, it's about. Um, I guess the title means if you don't have love in your life, it's hard to keep the optimism of youth. It's hard to be optimistic about stuff. I think that's what I'm saying. In that it's yeah. about the songs about trying to move on and then realizing you can't, but at least something good happened once. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying like, okay, well, okay, well, that didn't work out, but at least that amazing thing happened that time. Mm-hmm. You know, so whatever, whatever went, whatever goes wrong, at you least something from it. At least, yeah, exactly. Cool happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. So it's it's a really cool it's a really cool record actually. Maro really worked. Maro's vocals on that were fantastic. The backing vocals, the, you know, the big R's at the end of the. I listened to that again the other day, and I was like, "You can, if you listen closely, you can hear me cracking a little bit towards the end." But I was like, "That was another first take thing." I was like, "Oh, you know, almost like you know, keeled over by the end, at the end of it, like trying to trying to hold your breath for that long, whatever." But yeah. I was like, oh, "It's kind of it's kind of good in a way, you know, when you sort of hear someone's voice just cracking a little bit like this, it's, you know, it makes it a bit more sort of human sounding, doesn't it? Rather than yeah. being a kind of perfect." Absolutely. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Backing yeah. vocals just help so much. This adds so much to a song oh man definitely yeah i mean that's the thing that we that we love too we love harmonies and harmony vocals and backing vocals and stuff i mean we don't because we don't see each other that much in terms in in a rehearsal room we just kind of kind of work it out on the spot really don't we you know which i like which i was always like i I kind of like that environment when you can kind of just toy with it a bit and go oh should i try this one actually let me try that Mm, hang on no just you know just experiment a little bit and find the right Harmony or whatever, or backing vocals. It's hard to kind of work out which what the notes are, you know, to kind of get the notes, and then one just goes in and sings it, you know, which is really great. It's very spontaneous. I mean, that's 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 one of the main differences between the first and the second record as well. Yeah. I mean, the, the first one had a lot of harmonies and backing vocals on them already that that Matt yeah. had done, but it's it's all Matt's voice, and this this time you have got a blend of different voices yeah. doing it all, so yeah. Yeah. that's why you get the full band feel to it. Amara, it would be a remiss of us to get together and not talk about Hanoi Rocks. Yeah, well, absolutely. Matt, Matt's, Matt's always pleased to talk about Hanoi Rocks as well. We've, uh, we we, we yeah. spent many time in, in, a, in a hotel room at 2am, like uh, getting the acoustics out and uh, yeah. trying to remember how to play 11th Street Kids. Yeah, <laughs> until I get you as well. Two of my favourites. We have, we have to go until I get you in the hotel room. Then we have a couple of hotel room favourites, you know, the ones that we, uh, we, we, you know, like I say, we get the kids to go, we go, we should do this, we should do this, it would be great, we should do this, then we, one day. We'll do until I get you one day. That'd, That'd be, be good. good. That would be excellent. Matt's got a good Hanoi Rock story, though, actually. You should get them and tell him your Hanoi Rock story about when you, when you nearly saw them. Oh, when they played Leicester? Well, with we their Leicester, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they turned when they reformed in two thousand and four. They they came to play a show in Leicester, but the, they uh, Andy McCoy thought the venue was too small, so they just refused to play oh. and they left. They so, <laughs> just turned and left. left. The venue was too small, so they just oh. left. Oh, look at this. We're off. And yeah, all these people leaving in cowboy boots walking down the street. That's cutting. <laughs> Yeah, I had the idea today the other day that uh, back to Mystery City, which is one of my favorite albums of all time, sounds like the title is like a sequel. 
So I was thinking like, yeah. what if there was like a Mystery City album recorded before that, that has been unreleased to this day? And like yeah. The Vault, one day that came out. That would, that would be thrilling. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any, anything I can hear from that, the early, early 80s Hanoi lineup that I haven't heard before, I'm excited to hear, you know? Yeah. Are so good. Like when I first heard the kind of the, the early version of Cafe Avenue, I didn't know there was one. I only knew the self destruction blues version. And it turned out there's like an old early B side version of it. And I just found it on YouTube and I was like, whoa, what's this? It was like, wow, it's an octave higher and Mike can't hit any of the notes. This is brilliant. <laughs> Check it out if you've not heard it. It's incredible. There's some really cool old stuff on YouTube with them, like the Swedish TV shows early on. Yeah. Tragedy, I think. I had a bootleg VHS of that. Back in the found it at a record. I think it's about the only time I've ever been to a record fair, but I came back with this three-hour VHS of those are days of like you know going to finding bootleg VHSs of stuff. Now, now someone will upload it, but I remember getting rock and roll high school from the from one of those things and, um, and a Clockwork Orange and you know this kind of back you know back in the day kind of like the VHS tapes. The weird thing is that those clips that you'll see on YouTube now they're all clearly have been uploaded from that same bootleg tape. Which because you've got the same kind of like comes in and out at the, at the same times, so you don't get the full song, and it's been cut somewhere by someone who's just taped it off the telly or something. You, yeah. You'd think maybe someone might actually have the original thing and be able to stick that on YouTube, but there's still people, you know, sticking up the bootleg version that you know, same one I had. So, what does the future hold for the Speedways? <sighs> oh, it's a tricky one right now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's tough at the moment. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I, I want to come and play America. I'd love to come and play America, but we, I, I guess that's because actually our biggest audience is America. I was looking at like our sales and stuff. Like it just is. Is it overtaking Spain? Yeah, we sell most records. The actually in terms of, in terms of physical sales of records, it's America. Yeah, and so okay. I'd I'd love to go. You know what I mean? You know, so that would be that would be the dream. That would be the one thing to tick off. You know. Yeah. But it, but realistically, I guess next year we're going to go back to Europe. I mean, everything's so kind of messed up right now, you know? Did you have to cancel gigs? Yeah. We didn't have many to cancel. I mean, we had, we had a big one. The, the big, big one was yeah. the launch gig. Yeah. But um, we didn't think – we were lucky, luckier than some bands were. I mean, we didn't have, like, um, a full tour booked anywhere yeah. that we had to cancel or anything. We kind of got the Spanish stuff that we wanted to do and the German stuff – just we sneaked that through. That was Germany was March, so we were very lucky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally about a week or two before lockdown. Because I've not seen Mo, I've not seen you since we're in Berlin. Really? Yeah, I've not seen. we haven't, have we? No, of course not. It's mad. But yeah, we've got some things in the dark. They've just they've just confirmed that they that the Spanish festival that we're supposed to be doing in October is going to be happening. So we should be fingers crossed going out to Spain to do that. Yeah. And there's another couple of possibilities for things for after that but nothing that's confirmed that we can announce yet so you know um and we should be playing london a couple of times before the end of the year if if we can play london then we will we've got two possible dates so yeah fingers crossed again and there was a, a festival in spain in december as well is that still i guess still, still all waiting to hear you know yeah, yeah that's it's, 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 it's tricky, you know, it's an indoor thing, so that's that's um, they're harder to confirm yeah. at the moment. It's only the outdoor stuff that there's just about managing to make make work, but yeah, we'll um, enjoying having the album out, enjoying having people hearing it now, yeah, yeah definitely, you know, yeah, 
people seem to really like it. I mean, that's the main thing. I mean, you know, it's difficult because normally when you a band at our level, I guess a lot of the sales is, is the records you sell at our gigs, you know, what you sell at your shows. And mm. we've not been able to do that, you know, but we've been selling really well online, actually. So that's pretty cool, you know. It's nice. There's a few different coloured versions. People uh, like to collect those, don't they? They do. Yeah, that's going quite well. Yeah, yeah. There's been a few multi-buyers, so that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, the thing I particularly like is getting people's feedback from the album, and like, I was like knowing people's favourite, what people's favourite track is. What's your favourite track? I like this ain't a radio sound the best. I think. Oh, that's Ooh. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. It's good because everyone's every every track's had a couple of uh, votes now so far, haven't they? Because you always feel bad. You like if, if if any song like doesn't get any votes from anybody and no one says it's their favourite, you're like, oh, oh dear, that's a, sh- <laughs> a bit of a shame for that one. But yeah, so far every everyone's had a, a couple of had a, you know, probably in the lead a couple of songs, but but on the whole, yeah. every 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 song's had a few votes now. Yeah, Pascal from the Brief said, uh, "In a world without love, it's hard to stay young." Is his favourite song of the year, like full stop. So nice, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Empty Pages was uh, yeah, another one like, when I first listened to it that really stood out. Cool, I think right. those two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I like, um, I think uh, This Is About a Girl Who Loves the Sun is my favourite on the album, I think. I think so. But. Same here. I've, I've, gone for that, I've gone for that one on the, on the artwork anyway. We, we were yeah, asked, yeah. asked about favourite yeah. tracks on the uh, Inner Sleeve. I, I went for that one. That one kisses a history. Those are the two, um, the two that I think are like, you know. What's the appeal to... Uh, this is a girl. I don't know. I just think it's got a nice, it's got a nice kind of repetitive kind of um, hypnotic kind of feel to it. You know, it just kind of goes around and it's got a nice atmosphere. It's quite an atmospheric song. They're hard to cut. They're hard to get down, aren't they? You know. I was just really excited by how it, again that was another one we've never really played together. That we rehearsed it yeah. vaguely a couple of times, but we were a bit like, mm, this is going to be a studio song. I think. Do you know what I mean? What we're going to just work on in the studio. Yeah, we never played it live, so it was one of those ones that was really exciting to hear how it all suddenly came to fruition and suddenly get, you know, the idea that you had in your head. It's like, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's what we want. It's coming, it's coming together. So it's kind of those ones are kind of exciting sometimes more than the ones that, in some ways, more than the ones that you played live lots and then you kind of, um, yeah, you know, clearly yeah. what it's going to be like. Yeah, you know. So I guess it's a bit of that. It's a bit of a different one for us, I guess, as well, isn't it? We haven't really yeah. done anything like that. There's nothing like that on the first album particularly, and it's real. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. I, lo- I love it. I, 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 love, I love the feel of uh, like I'm, I'm on a beach somewhere, you know, at sunset. <laughs> so I think uh, "Day I Call Your Mind" has been quite popular as well. A lot of people have said they like that one. I like that one too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a two-minute kind of just get through. You know, one yeah. of those. Songs. I don't think it's even that. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's all my questions. You guys got anything you want to add? There wasn't much Van Halen in this chat. No, there wasn't much Van Halen. Happy to talk about Van Halen. What's your favorite Van Halen album? The first one. Because when I first started playing guitar, I kind of I loved Eddie Van Halen, but I could never play that kind of stuff. Yep. But I can play "Ain't Talking About Love" and with a phaser pedal on and all that kind of stuff. So I can just about get through that. And um, running with the devil, I could play that as well. So I can remember Van Halen songs. Actually, what's what's unchanged is that unfair warning. Greatest rock song of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can play that on guitar. 
on the uh, 1982 tour, they opened with Unchained and went into Romeo Delight. And I think that's like all you ever need ever. It's two of the yeah, best rock and roll songs. <laughs> and then they always I, have that third song would be a drum solo, as if two songs was really too taxing to be on stage for it. The three of them needed a break. <laughs> Wait, immediately, yeah. Once, I only saw them one time. With, uh, with, it was with Sammy, obviously, at the Birmingham NEC in the UK. And... I just I just wanted to see Eddie play. Really, I remember being down the front, and like, it was like when he played like you know Eruption and everything. That was why that was what I wanted to see. Yeah, so I just wanted to see him play the guitar. You know, just watch him play. You know, just astonishing. You know, just so good. I saw them on the last reunion tour, and it seemed like his guitar solo was like even faster. Like you wouldn't think that was possible. It was just like what? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean they're such a great band. You know? I probably have to pick two. Actually, I'm I'm, I'm one of the one of the uh, the Van Halen two uh, club. I reckon. I don't know. I don't know why. Something is lots of yeah. that I, I, I like best. Light up the sky, DOA. Those ones. Oh yeah. Somebody get me a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all great. You know, um, dance the night away. Of course. Yeah. That's the closest to Van Halen. Get to power pop. I'd, I'd probably you could argue. Yeah. You know? Should put it on one of those um, on those power pop pages. Is this power pop? Dance the night away, Van Halen. What do you reckon? Let's make a case for it tomorrow, actually. I'd like, yeah. I'd like to get mischievous about this sometimes in the band. Yeah. Well, Adrian, <laughs> you're an stuff. So, I mean, Adrian tends to kind of go yeah. in there and you know take the piss a bit. But um... uh, oh, uh, off the teacher as well. Uh, I tried to learn how to play off the teacher once, but I couldn't. So uh, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was always 1984 because that's what and I heard it as a kid and what made me fall in love with music. And I want those are often there. the ones aren't they the first one that you hear yeah, when you're kind of growing yeah. up that comes out as you all you know that you remember when it comes out that's the easiest really sort of the important one isn't it yeah i guess like uh, i guess it's panama isn't it with the rift of panama has got that kind of introduction kind of feeling you know yeah just those suspended chords like on unchained and yeah, uh... yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah. eddie always like i mean his technique was phenomenal, but he also had like a really great sense of melody. Yeah. Like you don't get the sense that he's just noodling. Like his everything is very melodic. Yeah, but he was he was like ridiculously good player. Because when you listen to the bootlegs, you know this kind of tapping stuff that he does. Like he's so accurate. You know, mm. you hear people kind of slightly miss miss it, but he never does. He's like always spot on. It's it's pretty pretty impressive. You know. And like, there's most of those were done live in the studio. Yeah, like yeah. it's just it's no real overdub. I think on the first album, it's just two overdubs, and they were rhythm guitars behind the solos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Cool guys. Well, thank you for coming on the show. No, you're welcome, man. Yeah, great, man. It's cool. I hope you can uh, make some sense out of our ramblings. So yeah, hope you dug that. Do check out the new Speedways album, Radio Sounds. Really good tunes, man. I know I said that This Ain't a Radio Sound was my favorite from the album when they asked me, but actually it was their daydreaming that was stuck in my head for like a few days afterwards. I love it when multiple tunes from a record do that to you, you know? And in Southpaw news, there's plenty of stuff over at youngsouthpaw.com. The latest Young Southpaw Part of an Hour episode deals with the idea that, don't you think David Bowie should have joined Van Halen after Roth left in 1985. 
I mean, well, I mean, like it was always being hinted at too. You know, like, I mean, they both had songs called 1984. And I got a bunch of videos over on my YouTube channel, which if y'all could subscribe to, that would be very much appreciated. A few more subscribers and I can get that sweet, sweet, personalized Young Southpaw URL. I guess for now, just Google Young Southpaw Comedy or like Young Southpaw Dirty Dance. I mean, don't worry, I'm... I'm not doing any dancing of any sort. I mean, you won't have to see that. I'm just talking through the fact that some of those tunes on the Dirty Dancing soundtrack could not possibly have been recorded when the film takes place. <sighs> uh, sorry, I mean, I, it, it, it does, it's an issue that does get my blood pressure up, you know? But yeah, there's some live and lockdown shows on there as well. So I hope you enjoy those. Thanks for listening. I hope you dug this. And, you know, if you like these episodes, please, you know, rate the podcast on the sites, you know, and share it. Thanks, y'all. And I'm going to play you out on the first track of the new Speedways album, This Ain't a Radio Sound. When you drink beer, that Service. Stay tuned to Radio Sounds on WKRS. Don't touch that dial. Yeah.